Hi, this is Nancy Miller from My Creative Life, and today I'm very excited to have Blanca Cardenas as my guest to be interviewed. And I had the pleasure of meeting Blanca in my digital illustration class while taking a course at SCADS eLearning. And uh, Blanca, thank you so much for being on my podcast. Well, thank you, Nancy, for having me. It's a great pleasure. Well, the first question, um, I'd love for you to give a little bit of background about you to my audience. So, my name is Blanca, as you've already said. I'm actually from Monterrey, Mexico. I'm a bit of age. I live in Texas, as I have lived here for a really long time. And I currently focus on illustration. I like pinup illustration, just that old history, the, um, the coming of it, the, just the figure, the female form really interests me a lot, and I love drawing it. And I'm getting into it a bit more and more and trying to find my focus, but definitely still exploring a lot of what I like to do and discovering new things that I'm enjoying as well. That's great. So I was curious um, a little bit about your um, interest in getting your master's degree because you're getting your master's in illustration and I wasn't sure, was it your MA or are you doing your MFA? I'm doing my MFA. Oh, awesome. Cool. Um, so you talk about doing the female form and I do, you know, I visited your Instagram and then I saw your webtoon. Um, that has a lot of, um, really well-drawn female figures and it also, your Instagram kind of lends itself, um, kind of reminds me a lot of like sequential art to kind of feel to it. So I don't know if you were inspired by like comic books. You said you mentioned the pinups, but I didn't know if that was also an interest of yours. And comic books, yes, I think that was what started it all. It wasn't, I can't say it was the gateway. I feel like the, the introduction was anime and manga, that is what it is for a lot of artists. That's how they get started, wanting to draw the characters and do their own versions or just get that style. But for me, I think what started that fascination was DC Comics. I am a huge fan and I think the first comic book I ever did that was the in comic earlings and math methods. Oh. And reading through it, looking at the art style, reading the story, just set something in motion. I probably didn't realize it at the time, but just retrospect it I can I can definitely say that's where it really set its roots and where it really dug in. Oh that's cool because I remember the pattern project that we did, you incorporated um like Poison Ivy, and then I think some elements from Harlequin in the design. And so that was, I, I thought that was a really good, great pattern. I thought it turned out really nice. Yeah, that's definitely, um, I absolutely love those two characters. Harlequin, I can really drive with. It's just my absolute favorite, and I can say I relate to her a lot in multiple levels, not just not just because she's one of my favorite characters, but I feel like they, her development has come along really well. 
Those are minus a few things. But. Sure. So I was curious, um, as far as um, you kind of mentioned the type of art you um, are really interested in creating, who are some actual artists or illustrators that inspired you on your journey and in, ex- in your exploration of your artwork? I think the, the first one would have been Carrie Dodson, just who was the illustrator for this comic, but I think presently it's mostly people that I've known and I must want to say grew up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen their art develop just like I have mine. Oh, I'm going to butcher his name, but Mark Uzinga, I think. He's from the Netherlands. But he's someone that I've known for a really long time. He also does graphic novel style work. He's big on Wonder Woman. Oh, awesome. And I hope we've seen his art develop and flourish. And really, it's just a lot of artists like me that are just starting out and we're working hard, trying to get noticed as well. A lot of people in this career. Um, I think more famously, I didn't go to school with him, but Ross Tran or Ross Draws is oh, also yeah. a good inspiration. Where he would be a more modern inspiration for sure. Yeah, I've been watching some of his tutorials. Like I, I think I started watching him about a few years ago, and it was because um, my once again I started I switched from elementary art to high school, and so you know watching and being inspired what by my what my students were interested in. Obviously, the anime is is very big. Um, I think with the um, just Netflix, all the online streaming and stuff, so the students are just more aware of it. And so I just started researching, and he I really like how he breaks things down and he's very um just stuff that he provides for free off of his youtube channel is really helpful so yeah i really like his videos exactly he's just so super friendly as well so that just adds on to it in my opinion yes he seems very genuine he seems like just a really nice guy Mm -hmm. so i was curious so what inspired you to to go into being an illustrator and an artist that was a bit difficult. I can't say that it was an easy choice. Mm-hmm. I didn't really decide to go into this field until I was working into college already. Oh. I definitely loved to draw since I was little. I think my parents will tell everybody that I've been drawing since the oh. hour of it practically. Okay. Um, just Every time they saw me, I had a pencil in my hand, but I just, I didn't go down that path until I was well into college. It was a three-way uh, work in the road, I suppose, between uh-huh. illustration, dancing, and music. They all create a field in their own right, but it took a lot of... It took a lot just to decide between the three, and eventually I just settled on illustration. Uh-huh. I felt like I just fit a bit more uh-huh. with my personality. I didn't think it would be um, just because music kind of requires you to be on the stage, just same as dancing does. I can really love to both, but uh-huh. drawing an illustration, I can just be in my own office, and I can. In my own little world, and not really have to interact with anybody 
face-to-face. Sure. Oh, I hear you. That's definitely an appeal. You can go to work in your pajamas and no one would ever really know, you know? So, um, did you get a lot of support? I was just curious as far as with your family, um, going down that route. Cause when I talked to some people there, they were all, um, most everybody said their families were fairly supportive about it. I can see they were fairly supportive. I, I think they were, they were afraid for me. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, just worried. Okay, where's the income coming from? They couldn't really, wrap their heads around how I could make this a living for myself and be able to provide for a family later on in the future. But it just, being able to, they've always been there um, and being able to show them, hey, I'm, I'm doing something with myself. This is, I'm going to college for this. They tend to I love my gallery exhibitions. I love my shows. Oh, nice. It's been really, really supportive this whole way. That's great. I mean, I think it makes a huge difference because it's kind of like you said, you know, it is a little scary going down that career path um, because what I've learned is just you basically your own boss. And so when you become your own boss, you just like you have to stay motivated. You have to keep looking for different directions and avenues you want to take your artwork in. And, uh, yeah, I found it. It's like, you have to be like able to be self-motivated. And so like your webtoon, um, it fascinates me that you did all those episodes and that, you know, what inspired you to, to start doing that as far as coming up with the story and the characters I think that's something that I've always wanted to do is make my own comic. I know the characters, though the two main characters I'm using for that comic are characters that I created. They were my very first two. Wow. Which is um, Lily and Amara, those two. They're the starting point. I used to draw them so much. And I don't anymore. And that kind of makes me a little sad. But I had this whole backstory in my mind. I think it was maybe middle school or high school. Uh, who they were and what they did. And at some point that just turned into me wanting to illustrate maybe story for them. A visual, uh, create a visual for them to be able to tell their side of the story, not just the way that I felt them up. And that's, as you said, self-motivation, so it took me a long time to actually work up the courage, I could almost say, to get started. And even now, I'm kind of on hiatus just because of I'm running everywhere. I feel like I'm doing a hundred things at once right now. So it, it, it's slow going, but I want it to become something more than just, okay, I'm occasionally drawing this maybe once a month and I want it to be like a weekly thing. Wow. Um, they, they started they were they were some of the motivating factors. Those two characters that kept me going. Um just the stories that I created in my head for them were some something to piggyback off of and get myself started as well. Oh, very nice. I mean they're really well drawn and I I like um 
just the way that it's all sequenced. I read the first couple of episodes, and uh, yeah, they were a lot of fun. It was just kind of funny. Like, she just realizes, like, there's this cute guy, and all of a sudden she's like, oh, what am I dressed in? Oh my goodness, uh, one of the characters. So it was very cute. Um, can I ask you, did you do those digitally, or are those, like, originally, or is it a kind of a mix of, like, traditional, and then you go into a digital kind of um, workflow? It's, it is a bit of a mix. I'll do like, storyboarding uh, traditionally whenever I, keep, I try to keep the sketchbook on me at all times so that at the evening time, if inspiration strikes, then I can just start jotting things down, sketching things out. So I'll do the thumbnails in a sketchbook, which is something I'm trying to get better at because it does help a lot. But those are done mostly digitally, like mm-hmm. the actual line of work getting things cleaned up is done on the computer at my Photoshop. Okay. And then I use which just helps expedite the process so much more as well. Well and I was wondering because you have a really good sense of the the female form and drawing it, do you have any tips for like people who are interested in like, you know, getting better at their drawing as far as with people and things like that? Um see I think Honestly, I would say just don't be afraid to use references. I feel like there's a lot of negative commentary or opinions when we are using like photographs or other things, other illustrations as references for the human body to draw off of. Uh, I feel like it's just a lot of people are classically trained, so if it's not the actual female form or human form in front of you directly that you're basing your drawings off of, then it's just almost not allowed or looked down upon. So just don't be afraid to look up references. It's completely okay. Just the more you do it, the more you practice, the better you're going to get at it. Well, I can tell you have had a lot of practice because it's very... Well, I mean, I you know, it's hard drawing people in different angles and keeping them very consistent. And your your um, your webtoon, um, the ties that bind, everything's very like believable, and the people are rendered like consistently across each episode. So, yeah, it was really well done. Thank you. I feel like I struggle with that. Oh, it's a lot harder than people think to be able to keep. Character consistent through just various panels and comics. I didn't think it would be as hard as it is. Yeah, I um, actually purchased some um, because of uh, just kind of watching some more anime and stuff like that. And my son and husband, they also like anime too. So, um, but I bought some figures because I want to get a little bit more fluid with my um, just figure drawing and different angles. And sometimes you just can't find that right reference, so I bought some of these body coon figures so you can pose them and things like that. So I'm excited to play around with those. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get some of those. See, they're a lot better than the. I just I have the little the wooden dummies. Uh huh. They're not as flexible sometimes as you need them to be. Oh sure. Yeah, I I tried to. I wanted to switch because part part of the flexibility, but then I just wanted. A little bit more defined body part as far as the musculature. So, I don't know. The guy figure is not bad. The girl is very fragile. 
I, like her hand pops off every so often when I'm like switching out something. I was like trying to put like a phone in her hand or whatever, and I was like, oh, there goes her hand. So I had to pop it back on. But yeah, they're pretty cool. I I'm, I'm glad I bought them, and I'm going to use them with my students as well, so it help them with their drawing. Um, it's a. I want to do more drawing. I feel like my students because, uh, like you said, there's kind of like, I don't know, like maybe there's this hesitation. Maybe when, you know, either at a certain point, most people feel like they either can draw well or they don't, and they feel intimidated. And it may be something that they were told at a very young age, you were just not good at this, so stop drawing or whatever. So by the time I get them in high school, they like doing the computer software stuff, but I tell them, like, if your drawing skills are better, you know, that you practice them, and no matter what level you're at, you're just going to be better at designing things, animating things, just in general, because you've spent a lot of time just observing things. It's mainly just looking at things and kind of perceptually looking at differences and patterns, and so I, yeah, I'd really like to get my students doing more of that, and so we'll see how well that goes, but I think I feel a little bit more confident about teaching it now because after starting grad school and all that, I feel a little bit more like, I, I can do this. I can I could try to get my students to be more interested in drawing. So we'll see how it goes. Um, well, that's very kind of you to say that. So can you let us in on maybe what you're currently working on? Or are there any projects that you can share with us? Yeah, aside from the comic, which uh, I can't even say I'm currently working on it, it's just kind of on hold for the time being because it's always on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from that, I do have a project that I started in undergrad oh. that I want to finish up completely. I started doing an all-female tarot portrait. Oh, cool. So I've picked up a few because the art style, I feel like a lot of the illustrators for them are really diverse and it it's really interesting people's own interpretations mm-hmm. of them, but I've never seen one that was uh, entirely female. Ah, cool. So I started that at undergrad and I had a handful of cards and just enough to have my own solo exhibition just to slash through the walls. Um, but I haven't been able to keep it going since then, and I really just want to, I've been slowly doing more research, every element that I illustrate is something significant in the card, and uh-huh. it just takes a lot of research in the background to be finished in this one. Mm-hmm. It's just something that I've been slowly working on along with that new comment as well. I'm trying to get a, a good style going for myself as well. I see a lot of Instagram is the biggest thing for artists right now. It's the easiest way, easiest platform to share your art. So I think for a lot of the people I follow on Instagram, they have a good, concise, well put together style that you can identify as their own. When I look at that, it just kind of looks like a hodgepodge of everything. There's sketches, hands, digital work, there's some in colors, some are not. So I'm trying to work on getting a better presentation for myself as well. 
Gotcha. Well, you know, the tarot cards, that sounds really interesting. I bet you you could maybe explore that as maybe a thesis option for for graduate school. Because it seems like there's a required that, you know, idea that you, you were talking about the research behind the cards and the different um, the figures and things like that. So just, that would be an interesting thesis, I would think. Uh, I think it definitely would be, if the opportunity presents itself where that is something that I can focus on, and I'm absolutely going to jump on it full-time if I can. Those, the cards were something, things that I had already have made up where that I use in my portfolio for the application. And I feel like just having a good body of work. I know for the illustration and the food, we did ask for a little bit of everything from... All over the place. I feel like you know, not just well. having having a good body of work, or at least the tip of the iceberg. I definitely want to keep going with it as well. Well, that's great. And um, have you ever been to like a comic con before? I haven't participated in one. Uh, I haven't been part of like an artist alley or anything like that. But I love going to them. We get such a variety of artists and styles, and just seeing the people and stuff and their cosplays, it is, it, it's a very unique experience, and there's a lot to absorb, and I just love being in the middle of the crowd, just taking everything in, just people watching this really, really fun at Comic-Con. Yeah, definitely. I have not gone, and one of my, um, Friends, who's a teacher, she teaches in California. She's like, you gotta go, you gotta go. She goes every year with her animation students, students, because she's in San Diego, so they have a big Comic Con, and uh, oh, yeah. yeah, it's huge. So she goes, and they have like all those panels of the artists who talk about their work, and then they also have the um, I don't know. I always think it's interesting, just like you know, actors from the movies, artists from the different titles and all that there. And, uh, yeah, so I, I'm kind of more interested in the art side of it. But, yeah, it would be pretty cool to see all the variety and everything. I definitely recommend it. it, is, it it's just good to go and take everything in. And I think you, it's a learning experience, I would almost say. Mm-hmm. Just seeing everybody, it's something that I, I definitely want to at least at some point in my life, be a part of a Comic Con and be able to go out there and sell my own stuff, sell my own products and artwork. Just look at my name out there. Yeah, I think your stuff would do really well at one of those venues. So, um, the next question I wanted to ask um, where is your favorite place currently to work on your artwork? Right now, I, just to work on things, I have an in-home office that I work out of, which is where I'm currently sitting at right now. And it has, it's small, but I have everything that I need to. I've got a drafting table, I've got my easels, my desktop, bookshelf filled with books for references and whatever I might need. So this is definitely the most comfortable place for me to work. It's just... It's just for me. My husband doesn't come in here very much. Mm-hmm. He kind of knows when the door is slightly closed. That means that it means just take the long one who comes in and out is my dog and my cat. Uh, 
Yeah, um, my son and husband have a very small little room, and I would close the door, and they know, like, oh, um, she's busy working. So, yeah, I I cannot believe how you balance your your schoolwork, and then because you, I get the feeling you're taking more things as well. Yeah, and then you work too on top of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right now. I'm working as a newborn photographer, which is a job that I didn't even know existed. Oh. It is the most wonderful job. Oh. I absolutely love it. I get to go to hospitals and take pictures of newborn babies all day. Oh, um, that's so sweet. It's, it's the most creative job I've had. I was looking for something a bit more creative, mm-hmm. just to make ends meet as well. Because I was, I felt like I was just stifled at maybe like an office job or in a cubicle. That's not, it's not a job for this artistic types, I feel like. So being able to go and photograph and be able to hold babies is also a that's just wonderful. I absolutely love it. Oh, that's awesome. That is a happy time. You know, everybody's, you know, so excited and all that. And they get some really nice photos of their newborn. That's great. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering, what is the most indispensable item in your studio that you just cannot live without? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I think right now I would say my tablet. Right now I have a bamboo tablet in Jacob, Mecham, however you pronounce that. Um, it is, it's old, but it's still chugging along. It's a very first drawing tablet that I ever got, and I haven't had a chance to upgrade, but as long as it's still working, I'm able to do things digitally on whatever computer. I mostly like to work from my desktop, but I can always switch it over to a laptop or whatever other place that I need to, so it is completely indispensable right now. Being the most flexible tool. Aside from that, just a good sketchbook. As long as I, as long as I have a pencil, whatever pencil, whatever sketchbook I have, mm-hmm. I think I'm set. Nice. So, if you could go into a time machine and and give yourself, like, go back to when you first started your art journey and give yourself some advice that would help you along the way, what would you tell yourself? Mm-hmm. Well, stop practicing. I feel like there was a point in time where I let drawing go for a little bit, and that was a setback. Uh, I started a lot of the friends at the time just kept getting better and better and better, and I feel like that also took a toll on my self-esteem. I kept thinking, no, I'm not good enough. I'm not, my art isn't up to that level. I should just quit. But it just all comes with practice. If I just kept going, I feel like I'd be a lot further down the line right now. Or more where I want it to be. Mm-hmm. If I had just continued to practice. Yeah, I, I agree. It's like one of those things. It's like, it's like, it's like ahead of you're good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I um, agree. It's like one of those things. Like, I get a little rusty if I haven't been drawing. And um, I definitely got a lot better with because I had been teaching so much, and so 
the last, I'm on my 11th year of teaching. And before that, I was a graphic designer and illustrator. So I was doing a lot more drawing on a regular basis. But then once I started teaching, it kind of my focus switched. And I was like, and so now going back to going to graduate school, I've been spending way more time drawing. And it's like made a huge difference. I was like, oh my gosh, my drawings, even within a one quarter period, I was like, they've just gotten so much better. And it's just that muscle memory. And I tell my students, it's the same thing. It's no different than throwing a football. If you want to be able to throw a football really well or catch it, you, you do it over and over again. You do those drills. And I go like drawings the same way. It's, it's something that if you're not doing, you will get, you just get rusty and you get a little bit frustrated, like you said, because you're like, ah, why is this not gelling together? Mm-hmm. Why am I not as good as I should be? As I think I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just gotta shake the rust off. If you don't use it, you lose it. Yes, I agree with that. And so I've made it my goal from now on because of that illustration, digital illustration class. I was like, I really need to do more figure drawing. So I've been trying to do more of that. And I've been like, even if I'm sitting there and I need a break and I'm watching TV, I'm like, my sketchbook, drawing the people on TV. And so um, doing things like that to kind of force myself to just make it a habit and just like, and then, yeah, because it really, especially people's portions, I'll have to like think for a minute. Like if I have a, you know, where the more you do, it just comes naturally and then you're just working away at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been I've been noticing on your Instagram that you've been posting um, just what we learned in that class, and I've really I'm really enjoying seeing that you're keeping up with the patterns. Mm-hmm. I like you had something really good there, and I really enjoyed what you created with that. And I'm really enjoying seeing your new patterns that you're coming out with, and I I see you up, update, and I keep telling myself, I need to do what she's doing mm-hmm. because she's. She's spending good time on this, but I just, I just never get to it. Oh, no, it's like your, um, you should, did you post your pattern that you made from class? Because I really like that pattern and all the little products that you did with it on your Instagram. Because I don't think I saw I that. I haven't posted it on Instagram just oh, yet. Okay. I've been holding off a little bit since I posted I can't say post it. I uploaded it to an online store that I have. Cool. A company that I've been working with for a few years now called Nida. Okay. And they upload your your patterns, your designs, and they sell it for you. And you get a commission based off of that. And I uploaded it to there, and I was able to to get a sample of the of the pattern on one of their products and I'm just waiting for that product to come in so that I can take a picture of it yeah. and be able to upload it with that. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, I think that's the exciting part when you get to see it on something. And um, yeah, the, and, you know, the professor mentioned Spoonflower. I don't know if you want to put it up there for people who like to do uh, sewing and then they can order that um, pattern for fabric to... Um, make whatever they want because that would be like a cute dress or something I was like oh I really like it because it's very it's feminine feeling but it's edgy mm-hmm. yeah so I think that would be fun as some kind of dress or something like that I think that I used the pattern on the the last movie illustration that we did at the uh-huh. end it was just on 
very subtle on her shirt on the uh-huh. girl on the mm-hmm. looking at it just on the illustration of that this isn't so bad on a t shirt maybe I could do that. Oh yeah. I thought it would be really yeah, I really like that pattern and all the little products you had with it and everything. So yeah, it was really well done. And it was like interesting because everybody went through some kind of evolution in their process. Like I think on that project, everybody like really, you know, it's like you saw leaps and bounds changes. And by the end of it, you we were like, this is fantastic. Um, you could see where the light bulb turned on for each person. Yeah, I mean, like there were so many... Um, patterns from that class I was just like and I also think um the professor really did a great job providing all those additional resources for us to look at and kind of get inspired by and just get additional instruction so I think it kind of pushed everybody to to really you know go leaps and bounds on it agreed yeah that was really helpful yeah I'll be honest that was like the best like I went for SCAD in my undergrad my class was the best class that I never actually showed, you know, in person class that I'd ever not, you know, been to it, because it was e-learning. My expectations were kind of, I guess I thought it wouldn't be as, as, as good as it was. I kind of thought, oh, there'll be, you know, occasionally we'll post, but you know, it's not, you know, but the feedback was great from the student, from my fellow students and from the professor and just even if somebody was not an illustration major, I felt like they really tried to do the best that they could and they were making changes too. So it just kind of motivated you to like keep going. So I thought it was great. Exactly. Yeah, I completely agree. I had, I think this is my first quarter at Stafford. Uh-huh. And I was just a little hesitant because I wasn't sure the illustration is a very physical. It's, you have to physically present it. I'm used to the in classroom critiques, and you have a whole, you have your art hanging on the wall. Sometimes you're giving you in person feedback for your artwork, and I just I was a little hesitant as to actually how is this going to work on an entirely online platform. Just from this first quarter, it I feel like I've learned a lot more just from this one class than a lot of the classes that I had at undergrad. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I think it probably was a little bit better. I think almost because of the online nature of it, I think you kind of distance yourself from it. it I found it very hard in in-person classes to be as honest about things that I feel like somebody should change. And I felt like it was a little bit easier to like address it online. And it came from a place of where I want them to get their work better. And then it's less like, I don't know. It's just, I've always found it really hard, at least from what I remember in undergrad, you just felt like, I don't know that I feel as comfortable, but everybody was so nice in that learning class. They were so friendly um, I felt a little bit more comfortable saying, hey, I think you might want to look into this or you might want to try this. Yeah, I feel like the level of intimidation was a lot less than in person. I'm worried, like, am I going to hurt these people's feelings? Maybe I'm just, I can't get my words out right. I'm going to say this the entire wrong way. It's just going to come off as really mean. 
and just being able to do it online and not face to face, it just it helped a lot more and I was able to be a lot more honest about my opinions on their work. I did feel like I was being a bit nitpicky though at some times, but that's really when it's okay, your work is almost there, just kinda of look at a few little things and then you're good. I felt like everybody's comments came from a very, you know, that exact same place that they wanted to see my work get better, just like the professor did. And ultimately, it's at least I found when I worked professionally as a graphic designer and freelance industry, you just very rarely like just get that, you know, it's like perfect right then and there. You Clients want changes. I mean, it's just a natural part of the process. And it's a learning experience of things that I was not picking up that other students, they look at it and they're stronger in those other areas that they could be like, hey, you need to maybe look, you know, adjust this. So I don't really ever take it personally. I'm just like, oh, that's a good point. And they did that. I, and then I do it. And it's like, oh, it's better. At the end of your life, you've made all the art that you've wanted and that you've lived a full life. But there could be nothing left behind of your existence, but three, a note with three final truths. What would they be? I've been thinking about this one since you sent me the questions, and I just, this is hard. It's harder than I thought it would be. I think one of them would be, don't be afraid to reach out and ask for help. Because even if you don't feel like you yourself are good at something, there's always going to be someone who is good at it and is going to be able to take the time to walk you through it, have the patience to help you out a little bit, and you're just going to make one more connection as well that you'll be able to rely on whenever you need help and feedback. And as an artist, feedback is incredibly important. Secondly, don't be too wrapped up in the now, in your skills as an artist right now. A lot of, especially for younger artists, people who are still in middle schools, I feel like they're, they're starting to think, okay, I can do this, this is something I really enjoy. High schoolers are starting to think about this more as a New York City is in college, people in college thinking this is something I can do as a career. Don't get fixated on your skill level now and definitely don't compare yourself to other artists. A lot of artists that I see that I follow and I love their work they didn't get started until they were in their 30s, their 40s. They didn't get famous or recognized until halfway through their life. And it's at that age or at that point where you're starting to ease into something, you're getting into the groove, you just don't feel so stressed out about, oh my God, is it good enough right now? I'm never going to make it. Be patient and focus on it right now. Just keep working at it and you'll get there. And just have fun with it. If you don't love what you do, then it's just going to feel like a chore. Make sure you absolutely love what you're doing. 
do that it never feels like you're working a single day in your life. It's just going to be something that you can say you go to work, you do what you love, and to have fun and learn enjoying it and enjoying your career as much as you can. Well, those are very insightful answers, and uh, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Um, this has um, been really a great learning experience on my end, uh, and talking to you and hearing your thoughts about you know your your perspective about your art career and your direction for the future for your art. Thank you for having me. This is a lot of fun. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, I get a lot out of it hearing everybody's comments and overall everybody's just very positive and encouraging and that's what um, I really enjoy about the art community. You know, everybody kind of, you know, I, I think like you said, don't worry about so much what other people are doing. Just kind of focus on getting better and working on your craft and you'll get there. And, uh, and helping other people out along the way. I mean, because there's always, like you said, somebody better. And so I look at it as opportunity, learn from other people and find out, well, how did they do this? So, so thank you so much for sharing all of that. All right. Well, um, thank you guys for listening. This is episode, um, 13 season two. And, uh, thank you for listening.